The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, whether you're listening on TalkZone, by podcast, through the archives of our ad-free shows on our YouTube channel, or connected through the incredible content of our Facebook page. One of the recurring rewards of interviewing experiencers on NDE Radio are the comments we get on our YouTube channel from listeners who gain insights to their own lives from the stories we report on here. I gain insights from them myself, so I have to remind myself not to interrupt our guests by agreeing with them or launching into stories from my own life. But with today's guest, I have to preface our interview with a few thoughts on generational reincarnation. First of all, the human population on Earth has quadrupled since I was reborn during World War II. I believe I was a medic killed in that war, according to a recurring dream, by a battlefield explosion. I worry that the huge population increases indicate everyone wants to come back for what might be a final life on Earth before the end. But that's another story. I was in my 20s during the 1960s, and I can remember the moment I decided to go with the hippies rather than the post-war materialists of the 1950s. It was just the right historic moment, and I was just the right age to compare martinis to LSD, Vic Damone to the Beatles, racism to civil rights, and Catholic churchism to Zen meditation. I was filled with joy at my choices and hopeful as to where the world might seem to be turning. Moreover, it fit what I'd learned from my childhood NDE. But then... Sadly, we turned to the Vietnam War and to America's version of the morality police, and I was disillusioned, to say the least. I gave up my caseworker job in Harlem, and my wife, three-year-old son, and I hopped a coal freighter to Germany and lived for a year in a VW camper touring the wonders of Europe and the Middle East. But like I say, that's another story. Today's guest, nicknamed Captain Hart, seems to me to be where I would have I would hope one sees. He wanted to recreate the 1960s, but was born too late for drugs to bring it back. But where his autobiography, Captain Hart, opens, he is skippering a million-dollar sailing yacht near the coast of Sardinia. He has been a professional sailor, now a yacht captain, and on the sea since 2007. The understanding that led him from LSD tripping to the joy of ocean tripping came in part from what he learned from his near-death experience from a heart attack. Salvador Adazzi, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you so much, Lee. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. I'm very, very grateful for the invitation and for the possibility of doing this. Well, I, it's, it's uh, wonderful to have you, and, and I am... Um, uh, and uh, as you can tell from the introduction, I really identified <laughs> cross-generationally with uh, with what you, you've experienced and what you actually have yet to experience. But forgive me for opening with my relationship to the 1960s, but I wanted to describe it to our listeners from our generational differences coming at the vision of the 1960s uh, from both ends, if you will. You write that as a teen, you wanted more non-visible information from the clouds and the woods and the deep night sky that you were on an endless cosmic search, that you saw life as a vibration from space to the center of the earth. And, and the recurring question in your book is, where am I? 
and you learned a great deal about life on Earth from your NDE. So if you would, please describe your heart attack, the resulting NDE, and what it taught you about where you are and where we are. I will. I'll try my best. And, no. and uh, before I forget, let me tell you, I was actually quite interested and I would like to uh, listen to the rest of your experience regarding that subject that you started with, because I find it fascinating to also have the opportunity to listen from you. <laughs> uh, how do you see, how did you see it and how, how, how do you saw the evolution and how do you see it today? But as you say, maybe that's for another talk. Maybe that's, that's for another, itself. that's for another time, but we'll, we'll be sure to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, my heart attack, I know now that it was self-created. It was all a self-induced stage and the body manifests. I, I was self-created, but I was, uh, I was in recovery. I was a recovering addict already. Uh, I did the recovery, the 12 steps of recovery from Narcotics Anonymous, uh, which funny, the book that it's so famous, the Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, that it's still the most valid tool to get people uh, in a good track was actually developed while he was having an LSD experience. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. So the fact that the solution for alcoholism came from an LSD trip should say a lot about it. But going back to the point, I was in recovery and somehow I got into a state of depression. I couldn't find a job. I had a court case from my past uh, chasing me. I was living off borrowed money. I was asking money to pay bills, to, to eat, to, to, to move, to, to search for jobs. To, uh, but I was clean. I was doing my service to the community, the meetings, the whole process that the, the recovery entitles, which I was very grateful and very happy with to uh, a sober life. Not only the excitement of every second, every day, there's an excitement of discovery life uh, sober which then i managed to carry on after the heart attack this excitement and gratitude of being on the planet but at the time of the depression there was a day that all i needed was something to throw me off that it did and i had a profound desire to die literally i was I hanged up the phone was a bad phone call threw the phone away I was in the bushes in the, in the countryside and I felt so, I don't know what it was, it's depression, it's that emptiness, that pain of depression. And I felt so sad that I said, okay, to live like this, I'd rather die. I'd rather be dead and, and be done with it. And I moved away from it and less than three weeks, I was having a heart attack. I was, wow. I was falling on the floor. I, I was putting my motorcycle in the garage and when I lose my, my body, loses its energy, its, its strength, and I fall face first on the floor. And that's when it started. Like if somebody's choking you and you cannot breathe and everything makes sense. It's what I mean. I need oxygen to live. I need mm. air to my body. My body needs blood. I, I feel my heart stopping and shrinking and stopping at the same time with extreme pain. Uh, I remember rolling over. Then putting myself, still getting gasps of air, a little bit of air. I still managed to get a little bit, some gasps. Mm. And I remember putting myself on my floor, trying to get up as soon as I would 
require more blood, I would fall on the floor again. And I tried that a couple of times until there was no more air. I couldn't get any more gasps of oxygen inside me. The, the heart, I literally felt it stopping. My body goes cold. Things start getting fuzzy, starts merging. What solid matter starts merging to non-solid. Colors change. The way that the time stopped, I don't know if it was a fly or any kind of bug that was on me. And I could feel how extremely alive that bug was compared to me. <laughs> I could feel that that thing was vibrating out of life. The trees, the wind, the sands, everything was vibrating out of life. And I could feel that my body was not. So that's when I realized I had something serious going on me. It was not just some indigestion like we normally tend to think. And that's when I realized I was having something serious. And I got, I got sad. I got sad because I realized, okay, this must be dying. This must be what dying is. And I remember just nothing on my body would work, but still tears managed to fell off my eyes. And that was a moment very confusing at the time, but clear at the same time. It's, it's, it's everything and nothing at the same time. So I was, okay, I'll accept. I'll stop fighting. I'll accept that I'm dying. I'm sad, but I will. And from the moment that I've accepted and slowly move away from the body, and I slowly feel that I'm not dead. The same, same consciousness, the same voice that it's me is not dead. Oof, but I'm feeling amazing, feeling this immediately, this, this, this presence, this life in me that I felt that it's not restricted to the body anymore. It's not content in that small box that the body can feel like. And, and, and I feel well. I see the body, I see the land, I see the garage, and I start asking, well, where am I or what is this? And that's when I have the blank, everything goes to black, and I'm still asking, where am I? Because I'm curious, I'm alive still, but I'm not in my body. It's like I just moved room. It's just like I left the main room and I went to a side door. And that's when I see the light at the end of this black space, and I chose to go to the light and I just go through this fast tunnel and that's when I reached the other side and I'm still trying to find the right word to describe I remember at the time ecstasy was the word then blissfulness was the right word for me to please and then fulfillment uh, perfection I think you said in your book you weren't holding on to life you were life or I am life Yes, that is the feeling that you get. That is the feeling that is what best describes it because we are it. You suddenly understand that you are it and how powerful it is and how I could see myself as a light body. I, I could see myself as light, as energy light. I, I, and I could feel it. I, I, that is right. And let me tell you something, because I wrote the book five years ago, and still today I open the book, even if some parts I would change, most parts that I read, I have a feeling of, oh, I like this. I like what this guy wrote. <laughs> I like how he puts it. And that is the feeling that I am life, that 
it just vibrates. I don't need to speak. I don't need to move. I don't need to ask. I don't need to, we don't need nothing. We just is, and it's, it's, it's powerful. But I see other entity coming closer to me in a brighter, 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 huge light that I felt at the time as an elder, a very elder, very old, very experienced, very knowledgeable entity. That's how I interpret he or she was. And we go straight into the movie. I think that's when we start the movie, the, the, the life review. I think it was at that moment that we started the life review. I, th I think you describe this supreme entity as similar to myself, but with a different vibration, very strong, sending out bright light, huge presence. And he pulled out his earth life experience file. I, I thought that was really very clerical of God to do something like that. You know, it was fascinating. Maybe it's because of the influences of the life we live today, right? Because we bring it still in our learning. Mm. But suddenly, it's like an invisible screen. It's between us. So he's over there. I'm right here. We're basically three feet away from each other, if that much. But in between us, it surges a screen, I mean, a screen hanging in there in the air. And that screen starts flashing uh, from the moment I was born this time. The whole environment seen from above. I could see my parents. I could see the house. I could see family. I could see where we were. I could see circumstances. I could see. But at the same time, with an understanding that that had been a choice, that had been exactly as I wanted. There was no complaints. There was nothing to criticize. There was no regrets. Uh, it was perfection. It was a sign of perfection. And that's how it evolved. And then... And then how I grew up, and uh, I believe the first time I made a pause, I asked to make a pause because the part that I loved about this experience was that when we were going through an episode that I had a question, that I had a doubt, we paused it because I pulled the question. I was asking oh. what's going on here or what was this about or why was I going that direction? And then the entity explained. Everything got explained, got, got understood either because there was forces on the side and there was forces on the side and then I was not paying attention to my intuition or I was going through analytical mind and so I decided on this and then so and so happened. I was like, oh, okay. So again, it's no one's fault. There's no one to blame. It's just life. It's just what we do here. We, we experience and we we go through things and sometimes we do it again and sometimes we don't. <laughs> and then we would press play again and we would continue. And mostly on, on what we call forks of life, right? Those moments where we think we got it all sorted, but then a decision comes and we're like, damn it, is it left or right? Which one is best for me? What should I choose? Ah, what, what's the ideal? And understanding again what was going on and that I chose what I chose because I had my reasons and, and we continued again and we did that. Basically, it was like a cleanup. It was not just a, a, a life review. It was a cleanup, an understanding, a clarification, it was a, a making peace with it, seeing love, understanding love, understanding where life was. I think that the explanation was to see where, where life is and when we 
interfere with it, even if we're supposed to. So I got all the clarifications that I wanted. I had no resentments towards anyone, to the people I was angry with, to, 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 to my life, to my situation, to the planet, to nothing. I had pure understanding of why everything was happening, how it was. And, and then we got to the part where I asked to die. And then how fast and that easy that was, because there was desire, there was uh, decision, there was clarity, and how things move so fast when you have all of those three together, when you have a decision and desire and a vision, uh, it, things can be very, very powerful. Thoughts can be so powerful. And, and that's when we ended with me on the floor. We both see it, myself there lying on the floor. And we look to each other again. <laughs> because it says, here we are. So that's why. This is what you asked. Basically, we were... I was being faced with, a, hey, this is what you asked. And here we are. You said somewhere that it was like being in an endless, spacious field of information and knowledge and questions and desires uh, were answered immediately. Was there any other information besides uh, an explanation of your own life that you received from the entity? Yes. While this is happening around us, scenarios were changing from lights and energy and and then we moved to a section above the clouds and I saw other souls floating around. There was some slight communication or understanding of intentions because everything is telepathically. Mm. There is an understanding of intention. There is an understanding of, yeah, intention, I think is the right word because intention, you can understand whatever makes that intention. And then there was a pure understanding of you chose uh, you can, so this is what you chose. Uh, for a moment, there was a brief image of a field of other options, like if, because I, as I moved away from the planet Earth, I saw the planet Earth becoming from the size an electric, the, the, the electric life of the planet itself, that it is, uh, minimal. And then there was a, a a moment where I saw a field of other options that I could have been chosen from, but I chose this one. And, and then there was an understanding, which was something that I missed there too. The feeling of living the physical body and being out there on the other side. First, I felt my real size. I felt like I was back to myself. I felt my real size of who I really am. I felt that I'm much more than what I experienced on the planet. Uh, I got that clear understanding that we, we're there. Like we, we, can have, we have source of everything, but then you have subdivisions and subdivisions and subdivisions and subdivisions, universal consciousness, and then our own subdivisions to individual consciousness and how everything is present there at the same time and now everything is happening at once and now everything is okay because everyone is exploring something and, and there's ramifications of those explorings and then how, how everything is okay. There's nothing wrong. And 
I understood the mechanism of a piece of me coming to the planet. I understood that I am still outside, but I'm sending just a little bit of me, just a tip, just, just a little bit of me to experience the planet. And this was around the moment, I guess, we were deciding if I was coming back or not. And yes. So you're saying that you're, the essence of your soul was there and you were sending out like a, an avatar to earth. Is that the way you saw your body on Earth? Like sending uh, a part of my curiosity. I don't know. You can call it an avatar, I guess. I guess you can, uh, the avatar analogy is correct. It's like sending one of my curiosities. It's like me as a big soul like you, like everyone, how big we are outside of this planet. And... It's like the part we sent here, it's one of our curiosities. That's how I felt it, that I sent part of me to experience and evolve uh, in certain areas. And what I've also learned with it is that I have constant access to the whole of me again, if I want to, or to God directly, or to another entity, or to anything that my curiosity uh, sparks interest but you're not saying that we're all a part of the supreme entity and and it's a it's the entity that's sending out the the strains of person uh, of curiosity to different places different planets in the universe or or are we individuals even in heaven my understanding was that how can we put this in a good analogy? My understanding is, and, and was at the moment, that basically, yes, we do all come from the same, but you can create more. The same way that we create families and children, and, and you create, you and your wife create your kids, they're your kids, but they're as kids of source as you are kids of source. That type of fractalic. Uh, ramification of things so the same way it happens on the other side there was a bunch of souls and as you grow as a soul you can have more extensions out of you that then can have more extensions out of you and and i may be confused here if that's our soul directly or or if it's the consequence of the evolution and consciousness due to our job as a soul so if i came with a curiosity and i did what I was curious, what excites me, what I feel like my mission, let's call it mission, if I feel attracted or, or intuitive to, 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 to something that excites me, like it was for the 60s or like it was psychedelics or like it was how does the planet work or how does the universe work. Or... So as long as we follow our interest and our excitements and then it evolves in information and consciousness and it expands and then we're creating new life, and then we are creating new ramifications. That was my understanding at the moment, that even if, I'm, uh, 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 if, even if I'm a son of God, let's put it this way, if you and me and all of us today here today, we're all sons of God. Uh, if we are sons in first generation, second, 20th or 50th generation, that I don't know how many generations have been before us, how far we are, 
from source in a genealogical tree, let's say it, comparing to, but that the intentions are connected, yes, they're still from source. That we have a choice and free will, yes, we do have free will. And our free will can expand into much more areas of consciousness, much more areas of uh, uh, new souls. That was my understanding. That was at least my understanding that I got from, from the whole information coming on that side, mixed with images and then mixed with, with uh, telepathic information. It was a mixture, yes. So we could choose a happy, prosperous life or a, a horrible, disease-ridden life just for the experience of it and that yes. it would feed back to the source as an experience? Yes, not just yes, not just the feedback for the source, uh, but the consequence. Uh, first, the consequence to you, to the person who chooses that experience, mm. because of the consequence. Because um, we are free to make choices, but then we will have the consequences. The yes. consequences <laughs> are inevitable, right? So we are free yes. to make choices. Uh, so. Um, yeah, yes, some things, I, to I totally got that, that some things can only be learned uh, by going through a certain experiences, and if there's lack of knowledge, or if, if there's curiosity in knowledge in that area, that some minds, or any mind, it's free, and if it's curious in that area, it's free to choose that path, it's free, and we can see it as, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, he's, he's sick, or I'm so sorry he's in a wheelchair, or I'm so sorry he's blind, or I'm so sorry. There's none of that. There's no need for none of that. There's no need for pity. There's no need for sorry. There's no need for none of that. Everything is going under the line of source. Everything is going under the, the, the exploration of life itself, of love, of what love is, of what life itself is. This is life growing. And, and, and life is growing in every direction. So, uh, yeah, there will be people. I guess you agree with me, and we can go back to the 60s. We would agree that after, after the Holocaust, after the Germans' wars, there would be no such thing like what's happening today in Russia or and Ukraine, right? See, haven't we learned that lesson before? Wasn't that done already? So. You, you would think, <laughs> for God's sake. And yet, and yet fascism, you know, comes back all over again. How crazy yeah. is that? Exactly. Isn't this 2021 or 22, actually? Yeah. And what are you doing? What's new to you? What, 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 what didn't you get? Or what you need to know? We can help you. We can, we can clarify you, whatever you need. Unless, unless there are souls and other entities that love fighting and want to be in a fight and want to be in a victim size of the fight, or they want to be in a glorious size of the fight, or they want to be, uh, because also there's also that freedom. So a big take that I took from that experience was the freedom of choice and the free, free will. And, and that on the opposite side, just like a coin on the opposite side of that war, there's something else to be seen that we don't know yet. But there's benefits for sure. Well, one of the reasons I'm pursuing this is one of the last things in your book you say the entity told you was you are here to have fun. 
if you look around the world, there are so few people, if you did a head count, that are having fun. And yet, if we are here to experience, then even suffering would be, I can't call it fun, but it would be an experience. It would be an experience that would enrich you in your ultimate place, but certainly not on earth if you're starving to death or if you're being maimed in war. How do you take that phrase, you are here to have fun? For everything that I look for, every day that I spend from the moment that I wake up, it's my choice to go to pick up that coin and go to each side of the coin. It's my choice. And the way that I understood fun so that people, I get that uh, comment a few times, people get a bit offended when I say, do I have fun? Fun in a way that what I talk fun is when you're in your heart center, when you keep in mind, I was debating, I was fighting with a broken heart, right? Yes. When we're acting out of this joy that comes from the heart, and I don't call it love just because I think sometimes love brings a lot of mental attachments, but love, joy, that joy, that, that creative force, because I also saw that, that when I'm acting out of joy, I lit up, I lit up, I become stronger light, I become stronger. Uh, and if I become a stronger light, I'm, I'm helping to the development of uh, the whole. If I'm not, I'm not helping. So if I'm sad because somebody well, has troubled, now there's two in trouble. There's him and me. So the only way that I have to help is to be again, to bring my light back. Bring my light back is by following that joy that comes from the heart, that, that excitement, that, um, that the fun, the fun is to put it light, and to put it to people that don't study these matters. Uh, because I have fun, yes, doing things that are fun for you. And fun and joy are different. I'm not saying go have fun by getting drunk uh, or go get drunk. No, because I don't consider that fun. Or uh, it's a fun, in a, it's an unconditional love, joy. It's more joy than fun. And that you are entitled to it. You are entitled to it. And that's the message that he put it on me. It was almost like you've done your pain, you've done your suffering, you've done your dramas, you've been through all of that stuff. Um, now it's time for the fun. Now it's time to let the light shine. Basically, it was them telling me, now it's a time for you to stop closing this source of love that you are and enjoy it. Have fun with how good it is to be alive. That's the real message where they told me to have fun. It was a teaching of, you feel this love, you feel this life that you are, you feel this life that you are, now you're going back on the planet and you're going to have it, use it, let it expand, follow it, follow this feeling, follow that unconditional love that it is here, this life force energy, the heaven on earth experience. That's the meaning of that sentence on when you're going to go, you're going to have fun. That was a personal message to you, I take it, that means... You can have fun and not feel guilty about having fun because it's your time to have fun. It's your personal time to have fun. 
And for others, it might be a personal time to grieve. You know, it's that quote from the Bible, and there's a time for everything under the sun, a time to be born, a time to die, etc. And there's also the possibility, I'm glad you differentiated fun and joy, because there can be great joy in helping and devoting yourself to helping people who are not having fun. I was a hospital chaplain for 15 years. I never had a, a more joyful experience, even though I was with people who were suffering every day, because I could alleviate even a little bit of that suffering. I wanted to ask you, I think you said you saw other worlds we can go to during your NDE. Do you remember any of the details about what you saw there? Vaguely, but yes, but I want to agree with you on that one too. Funnily enough, the biggest joys and the biggest funs that I got after, besides the, the, the physical senses that we get when we hear how, how fun it is to go to a roller coaster, how fun it is to go to the cinema, how fun it is to go out with friends and meet friends for a laugh, and how that type of fun. But the joy that I felt, as you say, when actually we noticed we've done something meaningful for somebody else. That was the biggest joy. That's the joy where, it, where the light comes the most. That's the joy when love speaks and when, when, uh, so yes, uh, and, and I'm happy that you bring that up because maybe fun was not the best word to put on that book, uh, but I was to help generalize, to help people at least to focus on something fun because sometimes even when people are not busy and they're just thinking, they have that second where they can decide of thinking of something fun, which can lead to an amazing day of doing something within joy and within love, or can lead them to arguing, to fighting, to more drama. So I chose the word fun there a little bit and that note, I guess. But going to your question, to the world, Yes. There was a moment I felt I could choose whatever I wanted. I could feel a multitude of options available. I could feel a multitude of ways of experiencing existence. My existence as a soul over there. I could feel an endless, like you're in a big train station. There's trains going everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. There, there was an option there that I could go anywhere. And there was that vision of clearly I guess what we can call parallel realities, a vision of worlds, worlds and worlds and worlds and planets and planets and planets and worlds and worlds and, and but also each one would emanate its own essence, its own vibration. So again, with all telepathy, you feel the emotions and you feel everything. And in my case, everything would go back to earth. I guess it was still back. I guess that would be my chosen one again. And that was the feeling that I got at that moment of information. But no, I didn't have a vision of how the buildings are, if they sail, if they, if they leave if they green, black, or blue, or no, none, none of those specificities. But I had energetic essence, feeling, and vibrations, identities. When you were with this entity, did you see anything colors or i know there was a light emanating from the entity do you see anything else 
basically bright, 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 bright light, very bright, some rays, rays of bright, bright, bright. And then behind it, there were some oranges and some blues, and there were some uh, waves and some darkers, some, it was like a background, that, uh, infinite background of space. But not the space that we see at night or that you see with the binoculars. It's the space, it's consciousness. It's like space of consciousness. Yeah, there were some colors. <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> it's so hard to uh, describe. It's hard to verbalize, yes. It, yes. it is. I want to jump ahead for a minute because I know it still relates to this other question. But I think you said in an interview that you had seen UFOs when you were out at sea and that you felt you could communicate or direct them in some ways. And since we were just talking about other worlds, tell us a little about that before we go back to uh, the NDE. Well, one of the understandings that I got from experience was how we are non-physical and by choice, decision and focus, we condense into matter. So we just make the decision and we, and there I was back in matter. Um, so if I'm working like this in this environment, everything else, that's how it works. Everything else comes into form. And uh, I've had other experiences where I felt I was directly in communication with the ocean, <laughs> with the state of the ocean mm. or, or the wind or the, in the case of the, the what we call aliens, visitors, uh, yeah, it is. It's like that. It's energy, thought, intention, desire, and belief, and openness. And you will see them. And uh, we, because I was not alone. I've seen many by myself. And when I see them by myself, you're always thinking, ah, should I tell anyone? <laughs> should I tell anyone what I just seen? <laughs> or... Maybe it was just an explosion or maybe it was this and that. So in, in, uh, in that occasion that I was with a friend, uh, we saw it and we were like, wow. It was a clear night. We were sailing, uh, doing a delivery of a sailing yacht to another place. So we're in the middle of the ocean. Uh, I don't know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And these uh, three bright lights come on very very precise in a very space and in a distance. They just showed up. It's like they materialized and dematerialized. It's like energy came into form and then changed form again. And then we were like, wow, did you see it? Yes, I've seen it. Wow. Then we made silence. And we're like, okay, do it again, do it again, do it again. Did it. It came again. We were baffled. We were like, wow, this is awesome. And then we were waiting and asking for more. And, but what I felt was like, as our disposition changed, our mindness, our open... So we were in a state of admiration for where we were. We were, we were in awe with a beautiful night, sailing, wonderful world. This is paradise. Look at this. Everything is... This is, this is a blessing. Our energy was in a state where seeing signs was very easy. Seeing messages, receiving messages was very easy. 
And as soon as we let our minds, our human minds start deciding and labeling what is this and who was it and what did they do and what are they going to do next, then we're just interfering. And our minds, <laughs> which are very powerful thought makers, were already interfering. So we get a different set of lights. <laughs> they show us a different color of lights. We went to green and orange. And it blinked and then they, they simply disappeared. And similar examples like this, I've had a few. I've had a few. I've, I have had once. Um, actually, a friend told me, because uh, I did some research. I did, uh, since I've had my NDE, I devoted 90% of my time searching for old informations on NDE, searching for information on the other side, searching for uh, anything that could be related. And obviously, as you know, there's a big thread that we can pull and find a lot of information. Yes. And, and the first example of that, what made me do that was the funniest thing. When I, when I get out of surgery, when they, on, on my first heart attack and I get out of surgery and I'm asleep and then I wake up in the cardiolic, cardiac, cardiac ward. Sorry, my English is not my first language. Sometimes <laughs> I have. And I look to the side and there's three or four more people that also had heart attacks that day. And we all look at each other and we can see in the eyes of each other and the other guy asked me, did you see him? And I said, yeah. Did you see him? He was like, yeah. <laughs> did he talk to you? Yes. Was it about this, this, this? I said, yes. Was it the same? Yeah. And he told me this and that. And to you, what? He told me this. And the other guy with a similar experience. And then there was another guy that said, I didn't see anyone. Nobody came and talked to me. What are you guys talking about? So that moment there of understanding freedom, mind, Barriers, openness, interest, uh, dedication, acceptance. There was a lot of things making sense immediately to the notion that everything is possible. Anything is possible. Everything is possible. Oh, yeah, that, that friend that I had from the UFOs. Because after I searched a lot, I wanted to learn how to communicate with the entity again. The entity from my, my heart attack. I managed the first year of recovery and adaptation to the world, I was in constant contact with him. I could easily, I would go walk in the fields. I would go, I would put my mind in that place. No, out of mind, put myself in that place, out of my mind and call for the entity. And the entity would just come and would just grab my mouth and just speak and tell me blah, 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 blah and this voice and this terminology. And I could feel it coming through me. And then I searched on how to learning to reconnect with entities and how to, to verbalize them and how to, because I wanted to be sure I was, you know, not going crazy. Mm. And then with a friend connected to that, he told me once, oh, I speak with this bunch of aliens and their signature is when they blink three times in intervals of X seconds. So if you call for them, you'll see them. And I did that test once. I was... Uh, in a beautiful place, quiet. There was not so much lights. I was meditating. I said, "Okay, let's try. Let's try what he said." I get myself in the zone. I call them over. Blink comes the white light, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at it, thinking, 
Okay. Blink comes a second time. I'm like, no way. The exact same moment of time that he said the third light shows up and I feel this, this presence. I feel this presence of greetings, of basically just saying hello, just saying hello, we are present, hello, we are here, hello, 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 we are. And that was another magnificent one. Sorry, I went off topic, tell me. <laughs> no, not at all. As a child, you had some encounters with deceased relatives, didn't you? Yes, I did. How old were you and what was that like? So the first time that I saw one was in a group. I think it was a live concert. We were in a live concert. I think I was 14. And we are all work, walking closer to the stage. So the, the crowd is walking that way. And I'm part of the crowd walking into the stage to be, it was a football stadium. We wanted to be close to the stage. And a close friend to a close friend had just passed. And everyone was still a bit sad and everyone was shocked because she was so young. And, you know, the shock when a 20-something-year-old dies in a silly car accident, the, 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 the shock that goes through, my, through everyone. Like, she was the loveliest person. She was so nice. How come this happens? Why, why, why? Why, God? Why did you do this to the family? The, you know, that, that feeling when we have when somebody lives like that. Yes. And, and somehow, well, she was not so close to me, but my position toward it has always been a little bit, well, one thing I've learned so far is that people come, people go every day, seems like the nature of this place. So I wasn't too shocked. And I see in a few rows ahead of me, I can start seeing her coming to me in a traditional ghost design that you see on films, which is just as a cloud, but very well defined. She's coming to me when we lock eyes. She radiates this most beautiful smile and this vibe. And she's telling me, I am so well. She, she, she's literally telling me, there is no problem. This is beautiful. I am well. I am well. She was just trying to tell me, don't worry. I am amazing. I am great. I am. She was just telling me, I am. I am here. I am alive. I and she comes close to me, we look, we lock, and then she goes. That was the first one. The second one was an uncle, brother of my grandmother, that we were very close. And not directly to the uncle, but very close to his nephews, my cousins. Very, very close. And everyone was very sad. And he did the same thing. He showed up in a different occasion that I was not expecting. And... He shows up with the same attitude, with the same presence of light. And he kind of just blinks at me as, as he passes by me and puts a smile. And because he was older as well, his, his attitude, I guess, of saying, basically of showing himself that he's alive, showing that I'm fine, I'm good. And, and that he was well, he was happy, he was well, he was relaxed. Hmm. That was the second time. And the third time that I remember, was extraordinary. Uh, my aunt, my direct aunt, which had also been a drug addict, she dies of a, a weird disease and was obviously very sad. And I was in this beautiful place, this beautiful lake with some trees, and I had my younger brothers with me, and they were three and four at the time, four and five. And I feel this wind 
coming in, shaking a tree. I look at the tree and there she is on the tree. Her whole face is on the tree and she's smiling. She's loving. She's sending this thing passing by of well-being. I started feeling it was the best well-being that I had at the time. This was before my NDE. So I had my body was just feeling no, in a maze. I was amazed with the beauty, with the lake, with the tree, the wind, this feeling, and then there she is. And and she's there laughing. And somehow out of my mouth it came out, oh, auntie, so and so, she's here. And I'm talking to a four and a five year old. I, I, I just spoke out of thinking. I was not expecting a reply. Mm. And one of them that it's on his knees playing with some rocks and some things. And, he says, the youngest one, he says immediately, yes, she is. She is here. And I look at the tree again. And there she is smiling. There's this wave of well-being. And then she goes. And I was like, here I was already on my 20s. I was 20-something. I don't remember. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people don't die. I couldn't affirm it yet because I'd never been through an experience like this, but it was very present. It's like this, this uh, whatever temporary thing we do here doesn't seem like the end. This yeah. is not the end. And this was before your NDE. Yes. How do you feel your NDE has changed your life since then? Time, not wasting time. Not wasting time with anything that nothing, nothing connect to your heart. Maybe because it was a heart attack and maybe because each, each case is its own case, but I got a, a lot of attachment. Well, I clearly understood it. My heart is not well. I'm not going to be well. So uh, pay attention to your heart. Yes. And I've learned to look within, look after my heart. And each time I look within, you get open to, it's like you look up instead. It's like, we look up for answers, but if we look in, everything that is out there, it comes here. It's incredible. It's like uh, I started being more heart-centered and valuing time, really valuing time. And because I stayed very sensitive to other people's energies or places' energies or ideas' energies, mm-hmm. and because one of the things I could see when I was on the other side was thought. I could see when I was asking questions to the entity and I would have a thought I could see the thought line go with its own colors, identities, and energetic form and value. I could see clearly that each thought was not only a powerful thing, but had shapes and colors. And, and, and then I could see the answer. And I could see so, so, so it was very strong in me, the, the, the idea of thinking and understanding that everything else has consciousness and everything else could be thinking too and understanding that energy is going all the time everywhere just non-stop so it i changed completely who and what i would pay attention to i already didn't watch the news since the late 90s i've stopped watching the news at the late 90s but that was the lsd talking but still <laughs> i think it did me a favor <laughs> it's just like there's nothing good here. Not, not even sports. I don't care. I don't want to see news. I don't, I, this is just another shop. It's basically just another shop. Yeah. I don't want to buy nothing. It's fine. 
I guess the last ask of God's or the source of the ent- the entity before you came back was, and I take this from the book, you are a source of joy, love, and light, so act like it. <laughs> Do you feel you're fulfilling that request? Well, I tried a little bit. Now I'm looking back, I tried a little bit abruptly because there was no other way to spread the message. I, had, I didn't have the wording or the diplomacy at the time to explain. Nobody worries. Just have fun. There's no death. Just be good and don't worry with nothing. You have time to just enjoy it. This is the time to, to explore. Explore things that make you happy. Do what makes you happy. So that was not a very successful attempt. Uh, but I, he also, uh, the fact that I could be by example, it's the best way. The, the message that I got is if I manage to explore my uh, to the fullest or to as much as I can and be an example that it's sometimes the best way to to do our job it's by example and not by pushing and I did try I spoke obviously with my family I spoke intensely with my family about there is no death about there is nothing to worry about this is beautiful about everything is forgiven about I'm sorry about this is great, but we need to change. We don't need to live life like this. We don't need to suffer. We don't need to pay up these people. We don't need to suffer for this. That's bullshit. We don't have to do. We don't have to. Uh, this daily routine that puts people down in a place of obligation. It's 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 man-made and it's bullshit. We don't have to pay attention to none of that. We're directly connected to God. We are God. We are source. We are light, love, energy, and anything that we do that deviates us from that, we don't have to. So understanding that, first I needed to apply it in my life. That's why it took me one year to, to, to separate from people that didn't bring me anything close to living a, an extraordinary life. And when I say extraordinary, I, don't, I know in my book I talk a lot about money, and money in this sense I see money as a reward of happiness. I don't see money as a, a something to be uh, glamorous about or to be. Uh, I, I think currency money is just a reflection of happiness. I think it comes after. That's the way that I've learned it to be. Um, but it, the fact that we live in an f- economical society and it gives us a platform to make money, and if make money makes you live better and help other people once you have money then by all means make money yeah mm-hmm. find a way if that this can also be fun as long as you're having fun you know you can have fun moving to the bushes and grow carrots and have a dog and feed the birds or you can have fun making money and if you have money you can help more people true yes you can does that bring you joy then do it um so yes i did I did it to my best. I found how powerful thoughts are. So my first job was to find a system where I would be within my heart and I would have enough energy in me to not be influenced by outside uh, sources. I don't let myself get depressed again or get sad again by outside circumstances. That was my first choice to, to, to make sure I would keep myself connected and, and to live on the other side of the coin, understanding that 
I was looking to one side of the coin only, just flip the coin around. Mm-hmm. It's the same coin, it's still there, but I'm happier if I look to the other side. Uh, so, yes, I changed it and I tried to be, I tried to, I tried to, and then I saw that people are in their own head and people are doing their own thing. And then who am I to try to modify anyone? So I went back to take care of your own life. And then if it's attractive to anyone, people will come to you and ask you. Because then it's not my, if I'm trying to change someone else's life, then I'm out of my own place too. So that doesn't help again in the big picture. So I found that what helps more in the big picture is be myself, maintaining heart-centered, connected, and that's the best way for me to help anyone. Sal, we're just about out of time, but uh, tell tell the listeners how, uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or uh, get your book, how they can do that. Uh, The book is on Amazon. Yes, it's called Captain Heart. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm writing a second one, um, shorter, just with some direct insights that I think they need to be shared. A shorter reader, faster reader, and, uh, you know, because sometimes I like that too. I like that style of book, so I want to make one like that. And they contacted me through email at the time. I just started the YouTube channel under the same name, Saladazi, because I'm finding it a lot of fun. Uh, I wanted to make a YouTube channel about boats because I've been on many boats and I sail a lot and I wanted to make a YouTube channel about traveling and about boats. But I guess I didn't want that enough. But now I have one about <laughs> near-death experiences, which is I think I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And, yeah, they can contact me anyway. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to yeah. to to connect. And we should tell them that your the book title or the uh, author's name is George Adatsi. Yes, Be- because you you weren't altogether sure. You well, you tell me why. Well, first because it's true story. I didn't want. Well, I I I didn't want to offend anyone that I could be involved in those episodes because first I, I, I hold nothing against them. I think everyone did the right thing in my life. I think everyone that I met did exactly what they should have done and they did the right thing. There's no one in my life that I consider that did the wrong thing to me. No one. And I thank everyone because I know we work together. I know we're in this together. I know we're doing this together. So I, the book is signed as George Adazi. Okay. Sal, I'm so happy that you were able to come on and be on the show. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our more than 470 archived ad-free NDE interviews, go to Talk Zones NDE Radio site and hit the Past Shows button. Or go to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can subscribe to and comment on the complete NDE Radio Library. And be sure to check out our NDE Radio Facebook page. Just search NDE Radio with Lee Whitting on your Facebook app. And listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.